Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. If you would join with me in your Bibles, our text today comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. Let us join there together and hear the reading of God's holy word. The wilderness and the dry dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and shouting. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of faithful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with a vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be opened. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless shall sing for joy. For the water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of the jackal shall become a swamp and the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fool, shall go astray. No lion will be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall shall fade away. My friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? So, Holy Lord, we gather to hear your word read and proclaimed today. And as we do, open our ears that we would clearly hear your message. Open our hearts that we would clearly know of your presence in our lives and transform our hearing of the word and our knowledge of your presence such that we would leave here not as those mere hearers of your word, acknowledging your presence, but as a changed people who would go forth and do your word and tell all of the world of your presence in it. This we ask in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Lord. Amen. So the headline on one of those spoof websites, and it's different than fake news. The spoof websites, they intentionally tell you that they are just out to have fun with headlines. The headline on one of these that caught my attention this week was this. Archaeologists uncover glitter still in the carpet from the early church vacation Bible school held in 150 A.D. 
Now, the fact that you all laughed at this tells me that there's three things about you. One, you know that glitter is just one of the staples of Bible school. They know that Bible school has been around since the dawn of time and that you have had an experience with glitter in your lives. You know, glitter is one of those commodities that just unleashes joy for about five or ten minutes for some of us. For others, it unleashes joy every day of the year. And whether you're a fan of glitter or not, once you bring it into a room, let's be honest, friends, it never leaves, does it? You can have the vacuum cleaner that can suck the hair off a dog and run it over your entire house, and as soon as you put it away, you look in the corner and guess what? The glitter's still there. Glitter just sort of stays everywhere, doesn't it? It's everywhere you look. Joy is like that. Think about this with me. Joy is a lot like that. It doesn't matter what happens. Once joy enters the room, it's really hard for it to leave. Matter of fact, it never does. Sometimes we just have to look for it. So Isaiah, in our text today, he's writing to the Israelites. He's speaking to them and he's telling them that, look, I know that you're held in the middle of the Babylonian captivity. You are being oppressed. You have waited so long to be delivered. But there is going to come a time where God is going to come with great joy and is going to lead you essentially on a second exodus, bring you back to the promised land, back to Jerusalem. And at that time, there's going to be a lot of joy. There's going to be goodness and all of these things are going to be happening. And so this joy that Isaiah is writing about is reminiscent to the joy that the world receives when the Messiah is born in Bethlehem, when God's kingdom comes. It's that same joy as to why we can sing joy to the world throughout Advent and Christmas because we know in that moment that God will come and save us no matter the trouble we find ourselves in. That we can sing joy to the world because God will set us free. And because his knowledge fills our hearts and lets us see God active in the world all around us. So it's no secret then on this third Sunday of Advent that we focus on this joy that that Isaiah is speaking about. And we focus on a way to understand what joy to the world means for us. How we can go about cultivating more of this joy in our lives and ultimately how we are called to go out into the world and spread that joy to everyone that we meet. And when we do these things, when we experience this joy, when we own this joy, when we embrace it, we begin to open our eyes and look and realize that joy is in every corner of the world around us if we just look intently for it. So I'm going to test you a little bit. I want you to close your eyes with me and I want you to go back to vacation Bible school of your childhood. doesn't matter how long ago it was because vacation Bible school in a lot of ways is still vacation Bible school. I want you to go back with me. I want you to see if you can help me finish this song. I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Where? I have the joy, 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 joy down in my heart down in my heart to stay. See, you all know these words. It's sort of embedded in sort of your musical DNA. It's on that endless loop of playlists that will be in your head the rest of the day. That's my gift to you. <laughs> but the rest of the words, that song, think about it. We, uh, we get to the other verse. We have the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus. Then we go to the third one. I have the peace that passes understanding. And we get to the end, the wonderful love of the blessed Redeemer. I have the joy, 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 joy. 
See, vacation Bible school songs are a lot like glitter. There's a reason these two go together, because they just kind of stick and stay with us, don't they? I mean, long after the piano music, long after we've forgotten about the vacation Bible school crafts that we grew up with, those songs are just embedded in our lives. The song is a reminder, too, though, of the joy that we received at the birth of the Christ child, realizing it's God's gift that brought joy to us and to the world. Yes, Christ brought hope and peace. We talked about the last two weeks, but Christ also brought joy. And next week, we'll talk about how Christ brings love. But today, that's why we lit the pink candle, to be reminded of the joy that comes at the birth of Christ. So what Isaiah was speaking to the Israelite people, the birth of Christ brings water to the deserts of our souls and causes them to burst forth into blossom, but not just blossom. I love what he writes here, blossom abundantly. Because it's through Christ that our eyes are open to God's goodness and grace. It's through Christ that our ears are unclogged so that we can hear God's gentle whispers of love to us. It's through Christ that our voices can rise to songs of praise that fill this room and fill the world around us where we surely run to be by the side of God because we'll be close to the one who loves us most. See, everything about the season of Advent reminds us of the joy in the birth of Christ and reminds us that it's all around us if we just look. But if that's the case, then maybe we should do more to cultivate joy in our lives. Sort of, if you will, sort of polish things up so we really experience all the goodness that God wants for you and for me and for all the world. Now, maybe if you're like me, after a long day where things have not maybe gone the way you wanted to, maybe you go home and you think like, you know what would be great if I could just catch like a little dose of just goodness. And if you're really a fan of social media or stuff like that, I'm sure that maybe you watch TikTok videos or maybe it's YouTube or maybe it's Facebook Reels where you see images of puppies playing with each other and it makes you feel good, right? Or you watch the kids across the street just be kids and their creativity and it brings a little bit of joy to us. But maybe we can be a little more intentional about cultivating joy in our lives. Maybe we can take a page out of the book of joy. This is a real book, by the way, if you haven't read it. Um, it's called The Book of Joy. It's written by the Dalai Lama, you know, the spiritual and political leader uh, of Tibet that is in exile. And uh, the late Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who led South Africa through the apartheid uh, and through the Truth and Justice Commissions following it. See, these two men had sort of been long admirers of each other, and on the occasion of the Dalai Lama's 80th birthday, uh, Archbishop Tutu traveled to be at his party. And they struck up such a good friendship, a lot of laughter, that uh, Desmond Tutu decided to stay an extra seven days, and these two just started talking about their hopes and their dreams for the world, their shared experience of, of leading people in exile, leading people in troubled times. And this book, the book of joy, is a result of their work. They define joy, they say that it's a state of being that does not depend on external circumstances. That joy is a byproduct of life being lived according to our values and reducing stress and suffering that's unnecessary in the world. 
So as Christians, we might take what their definition of joy is and define it a little more clearly as joy is living out the gift of joy that we've been given at Christmas. The joy is making Christmas happen every day, not just December 25th. But see, these two in their book, they give us eight marks of how you and I can increase our capacity for joy. And I love what they've written here, so I'm going to share it with you because I think that there's something for us as we think about this week ahead. The first mark is this idea of perspective. It's really asking the question, how do you experience the world? And so often we see the world one way, we see it from our perspective, and we have an opinion about it, but what would it look like if we changed perspective and we looked at it a little bit differently? And changing our perspective, we realize that the destination is still the same, but the journey might have a little different taste to it. And the journey is a part of the destination of joy. The second one is this idea of humility, how we see ourselves. Begin to think about it. not that we see ourselves as superior or inferior to others, but to see ourselves just like others. That we're walking alongside people that are just like us, that aren't better than us, aren't worse than us. They're just people, children of God. And we'll begin to do that. We relax and we begin to connect with each other and that we realize that we're better with each other and we're better together and we build connections and in those connections what do we find? Joy. Third part is this idea of humor. We use humor oftentimes as a coping mechanism but let me tell you what humor does it connects us with each other because when we laugh about things just like we laughed all about the glitter at that moment we all have this shared story or an understanding but it's in that moment when we laugh that we have dialed back into the laughter, the noise, the joy that God experienced at creation. If you watch children play and you listen to their giggles and their laughter, it can't help but brighten your day, right? That's what humor does for us. The fourth is acceptance, this this idea to reduce all the drama in our life and just see the reality. I mean, how often do we sit still and see life beyond the expectations that people put on us? or the projections that people try to give to us, or the distortions that we create about life around us. How do we just take a sober moment and be quiet and still and see life for what it is and value it for what it is? So we're going to do this, it begins to change the way we think about things, doesn't it? And then we start to look at the world a little differently. We get to the fifth one, which is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the first quality of the heart they write. It allows us to let go of the past and to move forward. Archbishop Tutu tells a story that when he's working with the Truth and Justice Commission, it was about having white South Africans apologize and seek forgiveness for the cruel ways that they treated black South Africans. And as one group of them apologized... The black South Africans said, we forgive you. And someone asked them, should they be punished? And I love what they said here. They said, no, no, their forgiveness, said their apology is enough. Punishing them won't bring our children back. We can't move forward that way. So they dialed into a deep pool of forgiveness at that moment. 
And then that leads way to gratitude, this idea of the recognition of true joy around us. It begins to open us up to wonder and awe and possibilities in the world around us. You know, a few weeks ago, I told you about the 33 miners in Chile that were underground, 3,000 feet underground for three months waiting to be rescued and waiting for that rescue process to work itself out. And when they brought them to the service, what I didn't tell you is they've been in the dark so long that they blindfolded them and gave them really dark, thick sunglasses so that the blinding light of up here wouldn't just send them in a tailspin. But what, I didn't, what the story doesn't tell is I wonder what it's like for those men, those miners, those weeks, days later, days, weeks later, when all of a sudden they could finally take the sunglasses off and experience the warmth of the sunshine, see all the colors of the world. How often do they go outside every day just to experience the joy of the sunshine, the birds of the air, the trees of the forest, the noise of the city. Gratitude brings joy. The seventh is compassion. By the very nature of breaking it down, the etymology of the world brings to suffer with It connects us to this feeling of empathy. It moves us beyond ourselves to those actions and feelings and experiences of another where we want to alleviate their suffering. We go and we sit with them. And the final piece to cultivating a new sense of joy is a sense of generosity. I mean, it's a joy to give, isn't it? I mean, it's a joy to give him because what we know about it is intrinsically is that when we give, we really receive more back. You know, I asked you all two weeks ago, I gave you that envelope, that gift of hope and said, go do something good with it. And you have, some of you have shared with me your stories and almost all of you have said at the end of your story, thank you for this opportunity. It has made our week. Folks, the gift was to provide hope for the world and yet somehow or other, We received back joy, didn't we? See, when we cultivate joy, when we're very intentional about how we live our lives to cultivate joy, we begin to see joy is all around us in our lives. It's in the corner of every room that we walk into. We just have to experience it, cultivate it a little bit more intentionally. And once we've done that, my friends, we're so close to what God really wanted us to do. Because it's not enough to cultivate it. Instead, we've got to give joy because we have received it. We have the joy of God setting us free. And we realize that we are God's instruments to help the world, to help others realize that they too are set free, that they too can experience the same blooming like the desert when it gets a fresh wash of rain, that they can experience that because God's holy water has been poured out upon each of us and the whole world. So my friends, we are called, we are expected, we are challenged to go into the world, to help others seek joy, to give joy to them by seeing the world from their perspective, by building connections with them, by laughing with them, accepting them, helping them accept themselves, forgiving them for their shortcomings and help them seek for it, for the things that they need to seek forgiveness for. By sharing gratitude, compassion, and generosity. And we'll begin to do that. We'll begin to realize that the things that we've been talking about the last two weeks, gifts of hope and gifts of peace, that they are, uh, they are inseparably intertwined. 
with this idea of joy. For the reality is that joy is all around us. And it sticks and stays just like glitter in the carpet. So as we leave here today, let's look for the joy. We'll see it in the lighted trees in our neighborhoods. We'll see it in the gold and the silver and the the pretty things that sparkle. We'll see it even in Christmas sweaters, even the ugly ones. There's something about those that brings a little joy to us, right? We start to giggle. We start to laugh. See, our job is to see the joy. Our calling is to seek the joy around us, to spread it so that the holy glitter of God's joy is seen by all the world. No matter where they look, that there is that glitter is everywhere we turn because God's joy is available for you and me every day. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings. Blessings.